Tell us a little bit about what you saw and, and, and being able to relay that message to Cora when you watched Kimbrell pitch and, and kind of help out so he wasn't uh, tipping his pitches. So tipping pitches, we hear about it all the time. People at home understand what tipping pitches is all about. It's amazing. Man. And that's remarkable. Alex, we have a very special episode this week. The listeners of the Tipping Pitches podcast, it is our five-year anniversary. And so, of course, to commemorate this wonderful milestone, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to try to predict the future of baseball five years from now. Before we do that, I wanted to ask you, in your heart of hearts, my good friend, please be honest with me. Did you think we would get here? Did you think we would make it? I suppose, so you're operating under the assumption that we have made it. Like, this is, this is making it. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no. I mean, did you think we would make it two, five years? Not make it like a star is born. Make it, like, make it five <laughs> years from the time that we sat down and recorded the first episode until now. No, absolutely not. No faith. Ye of little faith. So if not five years, then how long did you think we were going to do the podcast? (laughs) Well, I really don't know. I just, I, you know, looking back, did I think that us just talking about all-time assholes throughout the game? Good segment. Great segment. There was some some good stuff early on there. We burned a lot of good ideas. Yeah. Did we we burn a lot of good ideas or did we show promise on our first album? With poor production, right? We flashed the tools. Yeah, it was like we the low. Still, it was low. We still a little, a little, a little raw, but we yeah. had a I think indie people, label. People saw potential. So you're you're just talking about baseball players, and I'm talking about and music, you're talking about which music. is a perfect, perfect representation of what this podcast has been for the last five years. <laughs> All that to say, a lot has changed since then, both both in the way that we have approached doing this podcast, but also the sport. You know, like I don't even think I could have predicted kind of what the landscape would look like that we would be kind of operating in in this sport that we love to hate and hate to love. I think you and I have certainly developed sharper, more kind of calcified views on the systems that define the game, economic, cultural. It's a really nice way of putting it. Thanks for being kind to our. <laughs> undeveloped takes and that's why that's why i'm so excited to do this exercise because it's obviously it's an exercise in futility right no way we can actually predict the future but you might feel that way you i know you are are uh, are feeling rock solid about all your takes yes i am it's the only way to do it (laughs) you gotta say it with your chest yeah if there's one thing that we've learned over the last five years it's how to say things with our chest (laughs) for sure the way that we delicately weave in and out of 45-minute questions for, right. us, for for people that we bring on the podcast. Hey, we've had our fair share of rants. That's true. I know I know you are you are all too familiar uh with that headspace. I'm prone to the rant. We're prone to the rant. It's okay. Someone has to do the work. I Philadelphia Sports Radio was kind of like vaguely on in the background of most of my childhood. And even if I wasn't actively listening, I think that, that it didn't not warp my brain. Let's say that. <laughs> Right. There was a bit of nurture going on there in your childhood development. (laughs) It's obviously an exercise in futility, but I think you and I have learned enough in the last few years kind of doing this podcast and talking with the people that we have that I'm kind of excited to hear what you come up with, what you see as being the, the future of baseball, because it could go in a lot of different directions. I think a lot of them will probably be very predictable to listeners of this podcast, I think there are going to be some common themes. Nothing, nothing new here, exactly. Although we may throw one or two curveballs at you. Nice, nice Taylor Swift, Phoebe Bridgers reference. <laughs> <laughs> My goal is to make this our last pod to annoy you enough on this podcast that we're you don't never, want to do we're another We're never going to get there. The preamble is going to be the so long. <laughs> I don't know. Should we just like? Should we just do the damn thing? Yeah. Do you? 
Do you have anything else to say to the listeners before we get into it? No, I, I don't want to be too navel gazy, but I it's sort of mind blowing to think about how much this podcast has gone through and how how profoundly unlikely it is that we've continued to put a podcast out every week <laughs> since that since five years ago. You know, 2017, we were still in college. We were going and we were crashing in our student radio station on the weekends so that we wouldn't be uh, taking up the time of any of the actual shows that were running and airing on 89.1 WNYU. Uh, The podcast was uh, lightly edited. And by that, I mean, I made poor edits to it that if I go back and listen to now, I, I actually cringe. Like I get sore from clenching so hard while listening to how bad it sounds. And then I moved to Los Angeles, where I am right now. It's actually kind of ironic that we didn't remember that our five-year anniversary was coming up and we didn't think to do this in person before I left New York. (laughs) Um, And yet somehow, basically every week for that whole time, we got on the Zoom. And then since moving back to New York, we met up in my apartment and we have put out a podcast. It's, It's startling to me, but it's not lost on me how much the show has changed, but more so how much the community has changed around the show since then. And so before we even start this funny little exercise for our five-year anniversary episode, I just want to say thank you to everybody who has started listening along the way, no matter what point you started listening at, whether that was this past off-season and all of the CBA coverage that we were doing, or whether that was, as Alex was talking about, the much-discussed all-asshole episode early on in the podcast. We're so appreciative and... You know, I joked with Alex, did he think it was going to make it to this five-year mark? Well, now that it has, and now that people have shown their overwhelming support for us, I feel much more confident that it'll make it five more years than I did that it would make it these five. Yeah, the sky's the limit now, right? (laughs) Yes, the sky, that is always how I describe us. The sky, we're really sky's (laughs) the limit, guys. Um, Okay, we're going to do five predictions for five years from now on our fifth year anniversary. But before we do that, I am Bobby Wagner. I am Alex Baisley. You are listening to the fifth anniversary of Tipping Pitches. Okay, Alex, it's time. We got all the thanks. We got all the navel gazing out of the way. It's time to make our predictions about the future of baseball. (laughs) We're the arbiters, and we we're going to the press arbiters. these levers, and we're going to make these things happen. There's a reason we don't uh, usually traffic in predictions on this show. Because we're stupid? <laughs> yes, that's mostly it. Um, <laughs> but what better time to, to show our asses than on our five-year anniversary, right? I feel like, if not now, when? True. I completely agree. So do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? I can. I'll, I'll kick it off. I'll, oh, give it, yes. I'll give it the old college try. Let's go. Prediction number one. It's kind of low-hanging fruit. And that's that we are going to get two expansion teams mm-hmm. in Nashville and Las Vegas. Oh, you're, you're putting them in the cities. I'm, I'm putting them in the cities, baby. Okay, big man. That's what are predictions for if... If, if not, not to, to be hilariously wrong, hyper specific <laughs> and get get very wrong. Yes, exactly. Um, I think that the there's obviously there's plenty of movement in Nashville for a baseball team, and it feels like the the most logical choice for expansion right now, just because of the financial support between the 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 Nashville baseball project, mm-hmm. the involvement of people both inside the game and outside the game obviously uh there are some large names attached to it like dave stewart bob kendrick our good friend tony la russa as uh as well as one former attorney general that we that we spent a lot of time talking about um a few a few months ago it just feels like the groundwork is is set for that sort of thing and as far as las vegas goes i think the a's probably end up staying in oakland because they don't want to take that expansion location off the table. Las Vegas makes perfect sense for a baseball team with the the booming industry of sports betting and the desire for more baseball out on the the western side of the of the country. 
Have you thought about how the hell we're going to cover that when it happens? Because I've been thinking about that in the last couple of weeks. Um, as you know, expansion has become a topic in not just baseball, but in basketball. And so, as you know, as you read articles about what the NBA thinks, you think like, is this going to come with a wave of professional sports expansion? Is MLB going to get in at the same time as this? Are we going to kind of use this as an opportunity for the country to op- welcome expansion teams with open arms, no matter what that means for the locales and the city governments of these places that they're expanding to? I don't, I don't know. I feel like we might have to do some some original tipping pitches reporting for MLB expansion. We're definitely going to get fed a lot of carefully concocted rationales of, of why these cities are the cities that deserve baseball and why it's imperative for the future of the game to include these cities in the game's next chapter. But, but you're right that I think we haven't entirely reckoned with what that's actually going to look like while it's happening. On the ground for the people of, for example, Nashville and Las Vegas or, or, or whatever it might be and, and how it will also alter a good portion of the game, right? It, there's a decent yeah. chance that this comes from that. This comes with some sort of realignment of the divisions as well. I think that like just the makeup of the league is going to look very different as a result of this, not to mention just what happens with expansion and an expansion draft, right? I think that's maybe something that I have not fully mentally prepared for, although I'm not too worried at the moment about uh, losing any players. Because <laughs> what, is, what is there to lose? <laughs> this will just be two more teams that the A's could trade all their good players Right, to. exactly, yeah. <laughs> It'll make it easier for Billy Bean. Um, I think that the league is ready for it. Like, I, I think, think so from yeah. on its face, I think that it would be good to bring baseball to two new cities. Though I withhold my prediction about how it will actually play out because I know that MLB has a knack for ruining most good things. <laughs> like the sport in general. Uh, okay, my first prediction is that... So if there are going to be two expansion teams to Las Vegas and to Nashville, Alex, you would think that there will be two more markets that are blacked out from watching Major League Baseball. You would think. Nope. Blackout restrictions are going to be done in the next five years. That's my mm-hmm. first prediction. Yeah. This one feels too obvious. You said low-hanging fruit. This is lower-hanging fruit. This fruit already fell to the ground, and we're just picking it up. Because we've talked about how Rob has hinted at blackout restrictions going away, has hinted at a Major League Baseball independent streaming service where you could pay for it sort of a la carte, even though they already have that. It's called MLB TV, and they just choose to black out some of the games on it to make regional cable executives happy. But I think in the next five years, it just feels so... It feels like nobody wants this. Even the people at the league don't want the blackout restrictions. They just feel like they've backed themselves into a corner. And so they have to uphold those blackout restrictions because they're afraid of their cash flow. And to that last point, I think that the financial obligation for getting rid of blackout restrictions is just going to be passed on to you and me, brother. You, me, and the people listening to this podcast. The people who are actually paying for the service will make up the difference in that money by them raising the prices. And I think they're ultimately going to come out in the black on this. I don't think that they're going to lose money. They're going to wait until that critical point where there's a where they know that the the cable money is trickling out just enough and people are just okay enough with paying more for streaming services that they're going to jump right into that. It's a really delicate needle to thread, but I think that they're going to do it. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you on on this one. I think this was, when we briefly discussed our choices before recording, this was the one that that we had real overlap on. I I think that RSNs are going to fall out of favor. They're already kind of sputtering Dinosaurs. a little bit. Dinosaurs. Right? Yeah. Bally Sports who? In five years, are people going to be wearing ironic t-shirts that say Bally Sports Florida this is, on them? It's time to get it on the ground floor. It's why <laughs> I have my Enron Field hat, you know? Exactly right. Exactly right. No, I yeah. Major League Baseball's hand is going to be forced. I mean, it it's already kind of at a breaking point where these are discussions that are, like you said, happening not only amongst fans, but amongst front office executives, Um, you know, within the commissioner's office, in broadcast booths. 
it's such a wildly unpopular business model that it just doesn't seem viable, especially when you are trying to expand the game, both literally to two new markets, but also to a new generation of people who yeah. are who are casting off cable entirely. It it just feels untenable for them to stick with the status quo. I can't wait for like the TikTokification of the Major League Baseball streaming service where there's going to be like a a feed that you can swipe through highlights, you know, and every once in a while you get to a TikTok live and it's just a game. <laughs> it's just like a baseball game that you can watch. I, I, I don't know if you're saying that ironically or not, but I genuinely I'm, cannot wait for that. That's, I'm saying it kind amazing. of ironically, but also like, but also I think like it's, it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, it's going to happen. I think it's a, I think it's a good idea. Well, already there. Probably the, hurt my brain to consume it. The Yankees are are good on TikTok. It brings me no it's pleasure only to admit the this. Are good. Yeah, <laughs> right. not on the field, bro. Yeah, yeah, the Mets yeah. put them in the fucking body bag. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Um. Yeah. Blackout restrictions, goodbye. Uh, it's going to take away so many easy jokes that we make on Twitter. We're going to have to fill the void with something else. I know, yeah. It has been a very kind of unifying issue for many baseball fans. So We need more of those. Maybe a union for fans? <laughs> you got any emails on that front recently? I haven't. I actually went and checked on their like website and social channels the other day because I was curious. I was mm. like, I haven't heard anything from you. I was mm. was putting my my boots on. I was ready to like go out and do some direct action. You think they're just like reassessing, you know, the the landscape and they're yeah. going to make their move soon. Right. I think they're trying to figure out a a, a dues structure. Right. Um, organizing, I mean organizing is is it's definitely tricky, especially in modern is. society, you know. Yeah. But there's some good blueprints out there that I think they can kind of uh, take a cue from. Right. The ALU, Starbucks, Workers United. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And the MLB fans union. Exactly. These are the... Bring, bringing us into the future. The modern labor movement. Um, okay, what's next for you? Good bit. Nicely done. Golf clap. <laughs> if you thought we were overloaded with advertisements and marketing within the game now, that, that shit's only going to ramp up, man. I, we already know that like advertisements on uniforms are coming. We've right. already talked about that. You're about I think to slippery maybe- slope me right now? I, no, I'm not, but I just think we're not prepared necessarily for kind of the the way in which the game is going to be auctioned off to the highest bidder, so to speak, right? I think that probably means we see the end of the names of some historic ballparks in the mm. league as well, mm-hmm. right? I, I think Wrigley Field is probably not long for this world. Fenway Park may be in the same boat. Do you think they'll keep those names and then it'll be like Fenway Park? Yes. Presented at, by Amazon. Right. Yeah. Fenway Park at at FTX Field, you know, <laughs> or or vice versa, right? Wrigley Field at Bank of America Stadium. Yeah, yes. Lit- but like literally. No, and I, everyone I'm will with collo- you, dude. everyone will colloquially call it Wrigley, but it is it is gonna be the the, the B of A. Sometimes we get into <laughs> Jesus Christ. We get into this repartee where we're just making jokes, but it's also reality. Like, or, reality yeah. is too hard to parody. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't have anything more profound to say on this. But, I, you know, it's not going to stop there either, I don't think. We've yeah. already seen more, like, more of the in-game commercials, you know, during, like, a, a pause in the action. That only ramps up. I think you're right. And I think that I was thinking about putting something like this on my list, too. And the reason that I didn't is because I couldn't like hone in on the on the one thing that would make for a good list item because <laughs> I just think that the general arc of like all major corporations and MLB in this instance is a major corporation. It's really 30 major corporations that are colluding together. But all the arc of all major corporations is just itemizing and dividing every little individual piece of your business and charging people for it. And I think that MLB is no exception to this. I, I thought about, I flirted with the idea of putting something on here that was like, in the next five years, your ticket will be, your ticket to get into the ballpark, you will be charged by inning that you actually want to stay for. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a little too dark for me for this fun five-year anniversary episode. I thought you were going to say you were going to be able to start making ticket purchases through like Amazon 
for example. Oh, that's just, that's in the bag, bro. It's yeah. definitely happening. NFT ticket? That, yes. Someone will try to market it as you, we put it on the blockchain and then you can much more easily determine how some how long someone was there, the time of transaction on the Silk Road or whatever the fuck. And <laughs> Silk Road. <laughs> you can tell that I don't know anything about NFTs. Um, this is vaguely related to like the blockchain. A, yeah, it's just a, a, a dark web, a, a drug market. <laughs> um, you joked about whether you'll be able to buy your ticket through Amazon. You might have to buy your ticket through Amazon, bro. Amazon might buy Major League Baseball. The way they're scooping properties up. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see Amazon's healthcare? It's back in business. Mm-hmm. One medical baby. That's cool. I support that. I I do. I want Amazon knowing what what happy pills I'm taking at all times so that they can more effectively market products that may um, increase my well-being or may be a detriment to my well-being so they can continue to sell me those. Happy pills. No, right? they would never do that to you. They would never do that. That's true. Amazon's looking out for you. For the little guy. Exactly. What's next on your list? Next on my list, Alex. And we got to get going on this one, dude. We got to get going. Next on my list is that Bernie Sanders will appear on tipping pitches <laughs> in the next five years. <laughs> Bernie, if Hell you're listening, yeah. if you're listening, brother, or anybody associated with Bernie Sanders in any way, shape, or form who could maybe send an email. Right. As the call always goes. Maybe drop a note. You know? Maybe write it on a little steno pad on his desk. Mm-hmm. Tipping Pitches podcast appearance. 1.30 p.m. any Sunday. <laughs> Just drop that in there. Just drop that note. Um, this one is is sort of tied to my next one, so I'm not going to spoil that next one too much. But we just have to do it. We just have to do it. Yeah. I think you're probably right about that, if we're being quite honest. You're so optimistic. <laughs> I can really talk myself into it. You know, you know the easiest way to do this is to like go to Vermont and yeah, I just love hang, hang out, hang out at his local grocery store because he's going to come through. Like And you we have to like wear unionize the minor shirts, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And he sees we make small talk and we're like, you know, actually. Actually, I happen to have this Pelican case right here with three microphones in it right now. <laughs> we can go out back in the parking a little, lot. Just a little Zoom H6, you know? Maybe get some folding chairs. Just sit in the parking lot. He would be so confused as to what's going on. I don't think he would. I think he'd be down. Weirdly, I think yeah. he would be down. So, do you think he retires from the Senate within the next five years? He's 80 years old. And if so, do you think that makes it easier for us to get him on the pod or harder for us to get him on the pod? Because he no longer he no longer is busy, as busy as he was. But he also no longer needs to come on to talk about things for the greater good. Right. He's no longer sitting at the levers of power. But maybe, I also... Yeah, maybe that I, makes it easier. Right. Well, I mean, he strikes me as the kind of guy who like isn't going to slip into obscurity. You know? Isn't going to be like, eh, my work here's done. I did my best. I don't really... I'm 85. The planet's going to be underwater soon. I don't really give a shit what you guys do. No, planet's that not going to be underwater, dude. Joe Manchin came sweeping in. Didn't so you see? true. Thank you, Joe. Thank the you. savior of the world. Just two guys named Joe saving the planet. <laughs> I feel like he probably does retire. Yeah, I think so too. Maybe for his retirement tour, he can come on shipping pitches. There you go. That's how we sell it. All right. We've got... We, it's in the works. You know we've what? Got the, we've got the ball rolling. The more we talked about it, I feel better. I feel like he's yeah. going to come on. Yeah, I feel like he is. Who's optimistic now? No, because I think about all the other podcasts that I've been listening to for five or more years. They've oh. gotten their they've gotten their white whales. <laughs> you know, like the rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. They talked to Sam Hinkie. Mm-hmm. Effectively wild. They talked to Rich Hill. Yeah. You know, like these these. If you do it long enough, it's just you stumble into the opportunity. It happens. So it's yeah, gonna, yeah. I'm speaking it into existence. All right, what's next for you? The next for me is um, maybe a bit more of a downer than your, uh, than your rosy prediction that you just yes. made for, for yes. 2027. Rain on this parade. Oh, yeah. Uh, baseball is going to become more expensive. Yeah. It's, the trend has begun, and it's not going to stop. 
And there are a few different factors that are going to contribute to that. We I'm over talk- here like we're going to talk to legend, legendary Senator Bernie Sanders. And you're over here like Rob Manfred will be stealing more money out of the good people of America. Single-handedly bankrupting families. Are you suddenly running for president of the MLB, MLB Fans Union on this podcast <laughs> right now? Is that what you're doing? I am, yeah. I think as TV revenues start to level out, right, which we talked about before, as cable becomes less relevant to the overall broadcasting of the game, as the trend of minority owners Mm -hmm. taking stakes in teams as investment vehicles continues to grow, and and it opens up baseball to the broader movements of the global market. As it just becomes another stock a in a portfolio. <laughs> and frankly, and I know you have a point about this, but as, as minor league pay grows, as the fight for minor league pay continues and sees victories, I think team owners and the league writ large will use these factors to justify the increasing cost of game. Not to mention that salaries will keep rising Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. I think a lot of these losses that we're going into taking, a wage price spiral in Major League we, Baseball, dude. We literally are. MLB is entering its recession era. <laughs> I think there are a lot of good things that are coming for the sport, and I think that some of them may have these sorts of unintended consequences, or at least unintended on our behalf. Yeah, unexpected consequences. You know, when I sat down to write down my list or to to brainstorm a long list or whatever. One of the things that came into my mind was, will there be any sort of motion towards any kind of publicly owned or run team? And I thought, in the next five years, no. No. And then I asked myself, what time period would we have to put on this exercise for me to feel confident about putting that on the list? Or not feel confident about it, but like that it could be reasonable. If it was going to happen, it would happen within X time period. And I was like, 10? No. 15? Nah. No. 20? 2042? No. (laughs) I think it's like 30. I think 30. Within the next 30 years, you could see a push at a publicly owned team. Not the whole league publicly owned. Not the nationalization of baseball that we so often dream and fantasize about on this podcast. But just one effort at a San Diego Padres style thing where the goat Joan Croc tries to sell the team to the city. I think in the next 30 years that will happen. And so because of that, because there's no motion towards anything like that, which would be pro-fan, pro-citizen, pro-litarian, <laughs> I, I completely agree with what you're talking about. They're just going to nickel and dime us, bro. Mm-hmm. If we had Bauman here, he'd be yelling about how this is just like cable or just like electric cars. Right, exactly. I mean, this is when we talk about the way that corporations, not unlike Major League Baseball, kind of line item each aspect of their sport and put a price on it. That applies to advertisers, but it also applies to fans, I think, because they know that they know that they have a stable base. I'm not sure they're as interested with actively growing the game to bring in new fans as maybe they say they are. Now, that might lead to a shift in mentality as baseball's main demographic continues to grow older. I can't wait until we're in the main demographic and we're old. I know. That's going to be sick. I feel it's like a coronation for us, you know? We've been the <laughs> we've been the young fans that they don't care about for so long. I can't wait to be the old fans that Soon they do we're go- care about. We're going to be calling the shots. Yeah, exactly. I feel like you can throw your weight around a little bit more, Rob. I'm in the main demo. You lose me, you lose it all. Mhm. Yeah, the wokeification of Major League Baseball. Exactly. Let's get them. What is what's next for you? Uh the next one is that I think there will be a minor league union. Mm. I wrestled with this one. I I think five years feels fast. But then I thought about it and I thought about how quickly everything has changed in the last two years. And how unionization efforts, when they happen, though the process takes long when you're in it and it feels long and the bargaining of union contracts, especially the first union contract, can take years and years and years, which is too long in real life terms for the people who are being affected, of course. 
the calculus of these things changes very quickly. And it feels like we're in the middle of it changing. And so if it doesn't happen within the next five years, I think it's going to take a pretty long time after that because that will have meant that the collective energy, the structural changes that we're making right now, that means that that will have not been parlayed into a union and we'll have to make a whole nother run at it 10 years from now or 15 years from now when it's politically favorable again, so to speak. And it's fucked up that that's the way that we do it in this country. It's fucked up that there's so many hoops that you have to jump through. But if you look around at the rest of society right now, I joked about the ALU, Amazon Labor Union, and Starbucks Workers United. Those things happened in like a year. And it's obviously much different circumstances because it's more workers going against a smaller corporate structure versus the corporate structure of Major League Baseball. There's like more executives than minor leaguers. So it's it's a little bit out of balance. But if I were to predict that there will not be a, ma- a minor league union in the next five years, I think what I would be predicting is that Major League Baseball won briefly, momentarily. And I just don't, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I think that the minor leaguers are going to win. I love your faith. Again, <laughs> set it with your chest. My only worry is, again, that Major League Baseball will make small concessions that will be meaningful upgrades to the quality of life for minor leaguers, but mm-hmm. that will also stymie efforts to unionize as conditions do improve and players feel less inclined than to put themselves on the line by, by publicly coming out in support of a union. So I, I mean, I don't think it's out of the question in, in any regard. And it kind of hinges in part on how obstinate major league baseball wants to be in these negotiations. Cause the more they dig their heels in, I think the more, the more of an urge there will be to create some sort of union like this. Right. So I yeah. certainly the next couple years are going to be really important and will dictate which direction that movement goes. See, the reason I feel better about it is because if it was happening in a vacuum, I don't think it would happen in the next five years, but it's also happening underneath the shadow of what's going on between the MLBPA and major league baseball. There was, there was this lockout that all these people were talking about labor relations in baseball, what it means, how strong the union is holding firm. And it just seems like they're the, the players association, the major league baseball players association as younger people get into it is, is getting more militant. And so you would think that the climate of labor in baseball is trending in that direction too. And you have to imagine that the minor leaguers are looking up to what's going on at the Major League Baseball Players Association and taking cues from that. And if they say, we think that you guys should make a run at minor league unionization, and they put their effort behind it because they think that it will make the wider players block stronger, then I think it will happen. But that part of it is very optimistic by me because the MLBPA has, honestly, not to overstate it, but never really given a shit about the yeah. minor leaguers and, and the and their collective power. So it things will have to change. I'm just choosing to be optimistic about those things changing. Yeah. Well, and there's there are it, also makes, it makes it so much easier for the MLBPA if the minor leaguers also have bargaining power and leverage against Major League Baseball. It's the same yeah. way that like it makes it easier for me in the writers guild to also have the news guild bargaining against the executives in media. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the trick is going to be how can MLB throw their support behind that without actually giving up leverage? Because I don't think they're inclined to do so, right? I don't think they're going to do anything that would would set themselves back. Strike. Strike. (laughs) I don't know, man. Start pushing cars into rivers, bro. (laughs) Let's do it. Max Scherzer. (laughs) Just throwing his, his shoulder into it. Yeah, exactly. Max Scherzer could push a car into a river after an inning-inning strikeout. That's for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, okay, you're up. I believe we're on to number four. Yeah, I think, we're, I think we're on to number four. I'm going to say something that's going to happen on the field. Nah. Are you ready? <laughs> the A's are going to win a game wow. within the next five years. Wow. Coming off a sweep of the Astros, how you feeling? Good? Is this where we turn it around? <laughs> this is yeah. Mm-hmm, this is where we turn it around. Feeling very good. 
definitely has nothing to do with the sample size. No. Yeah, I think they're in a good position to to make a push for October. Um, here's the thing is that baseball players are really good. Don't know if you've heard this, but they're better than they ever have been before. A lot of that is due to advancements in biomechanics technology that's able to better understand how players are able to do the things they do and how you can then teach other players to do those same same things to increase their capabilities as baseball players. And that's a trend that is already in motion, but I think we're only going to see more of the kind of scientific deconstruction and construction of baseball players. And it's going to mean that pitchers are going to continue to get better, right? Pitchers are going to, you're going to see more pitchers who are hitting 100, right? More starters who are able to get up to that. And batters will have improvements as well, but pitchers always just kind of have the upper hand, right? Because they're the one who control the game. They're the ones who start with the ball and and put it somewhere, right? They're the ones who start the chain of reaction mm-hmm. and it's the batter's job to respond to that. So, I think with this so I think with this increase in ability for for pitchers, I think it's going to be time for Major League Baseball to do something that shifts the balance of power back towards hitter hitters in some way, whether that's lowering the mound or moving it back. It just feels overdue at this point. I know they've done all this tinkering with the balls. I don't even want to touch that. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly, allegedly. 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 But like, that's not a long-term solution. I don't think. Maybe Major League Baseball sees it that way. But I think they're going to need to do something that more effectively changes the way the game is played between the pitcher and the hitter. Because mm-hmm. we're like, the pendulum has swung too far. Even now, right? Strikeouts are at an all-time high. It's time. 2027 is when batters come back into vogue. Yeah. That's going to be a fun-ass time, too. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I was talking to two coworkers this past week. Um, and one of them asked the other one, is like, oh, if we made you commissioner of baseball, what would you do? <laughs> and he goes, he goes, first of all, I'd ban the shift. And I was like, all right. All right. We're off on a tough, tough foot. Tough sledding. And he was like, second of all, I would make runs that were not scored via the home run worth two. (laughs) And I was like, that is the most ridiculous idea I have ever heard. But I see what you're saying. I love it. Bringing (laughs) galaxy brain energy to this discussion. We got to bring line drives back. We just got to bring line drives back. And it's sort of what you're talking about in that I don't think that that would be the best way to do it. But to bring balance back to offense that leads to sustained action within the sport, which you're not going to get unless you change the chain of reaction that you're talking about. Because right now, it's so heavily favored towards pitchers. And this was this was a very popular conversation in the offseason. I feel like less so in the middle of the season, but it's still going on. It's still, it's still there are very few teams that are stringing together hits to score runs. I'll say that. Yeah. Bring back station to station baseball, baby. That's exactly right. Big fundies. Hey, Big ever fundies. heard it? Ever heard of Derek Jeter? Ever, ever heard, heard of ever heard hit, of going the other way? Yeah, hitting it the opposite way. Hit them where they ain't. How about that, Alex? Yeah. You ever try that? Ever if you just have, if you'd have tried that, you might still be playing. Just see ball, hit ball, <laughs> ring ring a bell. Eyes on the prize. <laughs> Let's keep it going. Um swing inside the ball still don't know what that one means right yeah inside out if i did know what that means i might be in professional sports <laughs> I feel like that was there, the thing that was holding you back there are only like 300 people on earth who really understand what that means <laughs> um okay what is what is your fourth prediction for 2027 i think by 2027 there will be one two three maybe multiple billionaires who will have tried to play baseball in space. (laughs) They might be Major League Baseball owners. They might be Elon Musk types. But it just seems like the en vogue thing to do for weirdo billionaires is to go to space for no reason. And I think that they're going to start doing increasingly 
complicated tasks in space just to say that they were the first person who did it. And I think within the next five years, Major League Baseball is going to partner with one of those billionaires. I got to say, it's probably Elon Musk. And they're going to be like, we played a baseball game in space. We made one pitch and there was one swing and we did it in space. Mm -hmm. I think that's happening within the next five years. And it's not going to matter at all. At all. At all. They're going to do it. It's going to take like 14 minutes. It's going to cost like $7 billion. All that money that they use for this could have solved the entire minor league wage crisis forever, Uh forever. But why do that when you can be a pioneer? That's true. Of the next frontier. Well, I didn't. uh, I didn't think about that. I didn't think about that. And you don't even have to get dysentery to do it. (laughs) I have a question, though. Uh Are you going to watch the space game? I mean, yeah, yeah, right. Should we live stream it? <laughs> but when you say game, they're not going to play a game, right? No, no, it's no. Gonna be, gonna... It's going to be two astronauts up there. One is going to, I don't, they can't, you can't throw a ball in space. I mean, you can't. Yeah, I think you can. I mean, you probably could, but it, it's not going to pick up velocity, right? Like, well, it'll have the same velocity as it, when it left your hand. It's not going to lose velocity. It depends on how far away from Earth you are, because there's gravitational pull from Earth. So this, there's a lot of <laughs> astrophysics, frankly, that go into it, Alex. Right, which you and I are both very well versed in. I was pretty good in mechanical physics. Never got to, never got to the astrophysics level. I don't even really know what mechanical physics are. Wow. So, wow. wow. That's why I have a baseball podcast. <laughs> there's a lot of mechanical physics in baseball. Um. Yeah, maybe not a maybe not a full game, of course. Like you're saying, they'll they'll like play catch. A game of catch would be fun. Let me ask you this. Rob Manfred and Elon Musk, they're sitting in a room listening to tipping pitches, they hear this segment. And say, hey. And they say, hey, that's a pretty good idea. And they hit us up at tippingpitchespod at gmail.com. <laughs> maybe they even sign up for the Alex Rodriguez VIP club tier of the Slack. And they decide to pop in there and they ask us a question. And they say, Do you guys want to be the guys to do it? We say what? No free labor, Rob. <laughs> What's the yeah? They're going to need to like? sign up for more than the A Rod tier. Yeah, they're going to start right, sign, tw- sign up for the send me the space it. tier. <laughs> I mean, because like I initially was going to ask, okay, like who does it? Like who are the major league players to do it? But there's not a single major league player that's going to do that sort of thing because no. there's so much risk involved going to space. There's no way you subject yourself to that, right? So they're going to pull like two independent baseball players and <laughs> force them to do it well or like give hey, them you this opportunity the you right? want to be like, on the team next year go to space <laughs> well i mean i think they're going to turn to players who have far less to lose right yes. and and far more to gain by raising their pro- profile in doing this can you imagine you go to space you have the first catch in space you play the first game of catch in space and you come back down and everybody's paying attention to you now, but you just suck. Like you're not good. <laughs> there's like local news crews. There's like national reporters flying in to do TV segments on you. And everybody's going to cover your first game after you went to space. And you just go like, oh, for five with four K's <laughs> and a grounded into a double play. Yeah, that's uh, you can still get a book deal out of it. Honestly. Oh, yeah. Oh, you definitely get a podcast out of it. There's going to be someone who is the like third player up there right who kind of doesn't really get recognized like Mm -hmm. he gets to say he was the the third person to play baseball in space yeah he's not neil armstrong or buzz aldrin right he's michael collins who like drove the ship but no one fucking knows about this dude that's so important he drove the ship yeah you know (laughs) you can't get there without matters you can't get there without driving the ship Right. Someone's going to be the guy who rubs the space mud onto the baseballs, you know, or goes and goes and retrieves it. The bullpen catcher who goes and retrieves the overthrow. If we do it on Mars, they they rub the like rust that makes it red mm-hmm. colored onto the ball. Yeah. God, that'd be sick. I'm kind of in on it now. I've been out on space travel for a while. But if we're rubbing up baseballs with Mars dust, it's Mars dust. <laughs> come on. Who says no? Nobody says no to that. Not a single person. Okay, your fifth and final prediction. My fifth and final prediction. Of all of these predictions that are definitely 100% going to happen. 
yeah, this one's going to happen the most. This one's the most, the most happen happening. We know that offense is going to go back up. Mm-hmm. Baseball will make shifts, perhaps by eliminating shifts. Zing. And it will be in part what enables Julio Rodriguez to have the first 40 40 season since Alfonso Soriano in 2006. Nice. I like how you came into this and you were just like baseball referencing it. Mm-hmm. I love it. This is a good one. Like, if there's a player in the game who is most likely to do that right now, it's him, no doubt. Right? Like, he. Well, I think Acuna, but yeah. I agree, although I think his he's a little bit older, although not really by that much. And I his injury history is not pristine. So mm-hmm. I certainly think like like health aside, Acuna is is the other plausible option there. Absolutely. But uh, Julio's gonna sniff 30-30 like this year, which is insane to me. That's insane to think about. So I think he's gonna do it. I love it. As as hitting the other way becomes more fashionable, he has more opportunities to, uh, to get on first base. To get on first base. And he's not going to stop hitting dingers. He's fucking Julio Rodriguez. He'll have three home run derby titles under his belt by then. Well, he would have to get one first. <laughs> I'm still bitter that he eliminated Pete. <laughs> yeah, that's my prediction. I mean, dude's going to be a superstar. We already, already know this. This, already is, this is no, this is not news to absolutely anyone. But if you talk about like the once and future king of baseball, it's it's right there. It's there for the taking if he wants it. I support this uh, for a couple of reasons. I like Julio. I want our prediction about him making the Hall of Fame to be right. And the third reason, Alex, I'm staking this claim out now. I'm going to be the first person to say it. Julio Rodriguez, future Met. Oh, you think the Mariners are going to outbid the Mets? Oh, you think uh, you think Jerry Depoto is going to get it done? Nah, Uncle Steve's coming in. He's getting Julio. It's getting Juan. Mm-hmm. It's getting Juan Soto. Right, of both of them. Mm-hmm. Who beat Julio Rodriguez in the home run derby? Need I remind you? Right. I don't know who else is going to be on the team by then, but Julio Rodriguez, forty forty season. It's happening in Queens, brother. <laughs> I I don't want to know what that says about the Mariners' playoff hopes at that point in time. Jeez, I don't. Are they going to make the playoffs in the next five years? We should. One of us should have chosen one of those. One of one of us should have chosen the Mariners will or will not make the playoffs as one I of think our predictions. They, I think they they will. Are you sure? Yes, I am. Especially Full, with one hundred percent. Especially with expansion. But I think like Kelnick will be a hitter by then. Like he'll actually know how to hit a baseball, maybe. That I'm not sure about. I know. I used kind to be sure going about out that. on a limb here. Now we're just like talking baseball. This is this is a real throwback to our yeah. our early days, right? Because it was just naming players and saying, "No, he's going to be really good." Prospect. No, pod. it's it's kind of crazy that he's like the things he does. It would have been a really good bit to just come on this pod and just spend an hour and ten minutes talking about prospects. Fifth year anniversary. We wanted to give you something different. MLB the top out- 100 prospects. The outlook for Drew Jones. <laughs> Man, it's so sad that he fucked up his shoulder. I know, I know. I don't know. He'll pro- while he's reco- while he's rehabbing his shoulder, he'll probably like learn some core exercise that turns him into the greatest baseball player of all time or something like that. I don't know. They'll remake his swing and suddenly he'll have Albert Pujols' power, but Drew Jones's speed and defense, Andrew Jones's speed and defense. Yeah, I don't know. Frankly, not fair just to be the son of a baseball player. Too much nepotism in baseball right now. I'm just going to say it. This is maybe the only example where nepotism, it helps you, but it doesn't seal the deal for you. Right. I think people want to think that about like actors, but it does seal the deal for you if you're an actor. If you just look like your parent, you're going to get, you're going to at least get a role. You might not get more roles after that, but you're not going to make it to the majors just because you look like your father yeah i think teams aren't willing to <laughs> no to, to go that far <laughs> and even in the nba they're gonna sign Bronny james because they want lebron to come to their team mm-hmm. okay are you ready for my fifth and final prediction yeah give it the to me tenth and Bring final it home. prediction on the tipping pitches five-year anniversary pod 
Alex, the Mets are going to win the World Series in the next five years. Uh-huh. Put it in the books. Do you want to put a year on it? Nope. Okay. It's just going to happen in the next five years. All right. I'm about it. A question for you. Are you prepared for who I'm going to be after the Mets win the World Series? No. No. You're going to be insufferable. Am I going to be insufferable or am I going to be at ease? Like, am I going to just everything clicks for me? You know how sometimes they're like, oh, you know, sometimes they say about people like they, they seem so turbulent and then they had a kid and everything just clicked <laughs> into place. <laughs> Are you prepared for that shift to happen with me and the New York Mets winning the World Series? Do I think that the Mets winning the World Series will ease your pain? I Stranger things have happened. But, but isn't that part of being a baseball fan? Part of being a Mets fan? The pain? The pain. Yeah, well, I mean, if they win the World Series, it's not like I'm not going to care about them the next year. No, of course not. But I don't know. I think that'd be too easy. Oh, come on. <laughs> can I have something? <laughs> you can have the fucking World Series. Oh, okay. So that's so, that's yours. But uh, but I don't think I think that the they're still gonna lull Mets after that. I think a year later, when they, you know, are are favored to win the division and barely miss the playoffs or something, it's gonna be back to business as usual. See, I don't think that's true. I think that there's like an alternate reality where the Mets win the World Series in 2006 instead of the Cardinals. And then that leads them to organizational success for the next five years after that. And in that alternate reality, I don't think we do this podcast. <laughs> I'm being totally honest. Like if the, I, Mets, yeah. if the Mets were successful when I was 10, 11, 12, got to high school, 13, 14, you know, like if they were having a good time and yeah, I was enjoying baseball. If you had a baseball, level of optimism about like the sport itself. I don't think I would have developed this deep, deep, deep desire to fix this sport because to me <laughs> it would have been fine as it was. I would have been like a Red Sox fan. You don't see a lot of Red Sox fans going around doing podcasts about making the sport better. You don't. You just don't. This they don't care real, about labor. Real real baseball therapy hours right it now. Is. It is. But they're going to do it in the next five years. Steve Cohen predicted they were going to do it within the next three years, including this mm-hmm. year. So two years from now. And, and Brody Van Wagenen predicted they were going to do it every year. So... World Series now and every year in the future. <laughs> you know, Brody Van Wagenen was right. You know what he was right about? Edwin Trading Diaz. Jared Kalanick for Edwin Diaz. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. BBW Masterclass. Thank you, Brody. Uh, I just want everybody to know that if the Mets win the World Series, we will do a live pod from the World Series parade. As it goes by, I'll be yelling, turn my microphone towards Pete Alonso. Like, Pete, what do you have to say? To the fine folks who care about minor league unionization. <laughs> I think he may just stare through you. I'm not sure he's... If, if he doesn't have a thought in his head right now, can you imagine him after he wins a World Series and has like a bottle of champagne in his hand? Here's the thing. I think he has thoughts in his head. You think I he's think smart enough not, not to share them? No, I think that they're just not thoughts like you and I have. They're like thoughts that are on a different plane right. than the thinking that we do. And so when he tries to communicate them, it seems like he has no thoughts. But to whatever, whatever plane that he's on, if there are other people like that in the world, he's speaking directly to them. Yeah, but I think he's weird even among baseball players. Yeah, he's like, weird. I think he's still like, he's on a different plane from them. Like only slightly, right? He speaks their language. But dude is out there, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think there's a chance that when he gave that interview on SportsCenter a few years ago to Kenny Main, where they was talking, where Kenny asked him, you're a member of the Las Vegas 51s when you're ever driving to the park. Do you ever see anything that's weird? Do you ever see any UFOs? I think there's a chance that he had already been abducted by them uh-huh. and replaced by the Pete Alonzo extraterrestrial. And everything that has happened then suddenly clicks into place. It starts to make more sense. All of the weird like bopping around during the home run derby while the kid was getting carried off. Right. And it's it's what an alien thinks a, a like human baseball player like, looks this like. This is what a power hitter does. These <laughs> are the things that a power hitter does. Deadlifts during the home run derby rounds. That interview is maybe one of the greatest pieces of art of it's, all time. I just want to say that. It's up there among like anything Nathan Fielder 
or Sasha Baron Cohen has ever done, except it's mm-hmm. just Pete Alonso <laughs> being himself. <laughs> Life imitates art. Um, well, for your sake, I hope this comes true. I want you to have that joy. I will live vicariously because I'm not sure I can say the same about the A's in the next five years. Please know that if the Mets make it to the World Series, we're putting it on the tipping pitches business card and we're going. Yeah. <laughs> that's what that's what your Patreon money is going towards, folks. It is. <laughs> Beers at the World Series. I don't think that I could I'm I'm afraid of drinking at the World Series. Uh explain. It's just gonna make me emotionally unstable. <laughs> Cause I'll be nervous. I'll be drinking it too fast, you know, by the mm-hmm. fourth inning, I'll be like, I don't even know who's pitching anymore. Yeah. Yeah, you're already going to be drunk off the vibes. Exactly. Exactly. It's a dangerous game that we play. Uh, That's it. That's it, Alex. Five predictions from each of us for our five-year anniversary, about five years into the future. I hope that this was enjoyable for people. It's enjoyable to do, much as this podcast has been enjoyable to do for the last five years. Has uh, doing this exercise at given you any added perspective on tipping pitches in the present? You think we should pivot to astrophysics now? <laughs> that in linguistics. We've already we're, made that pivot. We're we're really we're really branching out, I got to say. No, I mean, I think if nothing else, this sort of perspective really helps kind of see how quickly the game changes because I think when you're in it, it kind of plods along. Change feels very slow. But if you look back to where the game was when we started, it was in a radically different place. And so some of these may seem obvious and some of them may seem outlandish and unrealistic but baseball has a funny way of catching you off guard all that to say i do want to thank everyone who's been coming along with us in this journey over the last five years and to everyone who who may join us on the journey in the next five years and beyond because it's been a joy to do this every week and frankly to get to know so many of you our listeners um the community that has blossomed over the past few years, and especially in recent months, have has really just brought me a lot of joy and made my baseball watching experience and baseball consumption experience like immeasurably more exciting. And it makes it easy to log on here every week and and talk with you about this shit. And I want to thank you, Bobby, yeah. for, for sticking around. Yeah. Not spinning off and doing my own solo endeavor. Right, exactly. Tipping pitch singular. <laughs> right, if we split up, who gets tipping and who gets pitch pitches? If we split up, I want Baisley in Baisley Wagner Productions. <laughs> okay, sounds good. You can have Wagner. <laughs> <laughs> and I want the A-Rod outro. That's mine. All right, that's all you, you. can have. You can have green onions. I want the A-Rod outro. That's my, that's my baby. God, we're planning for the divorce that will never happen. Um, yes, I, I want to say thank you to you as well. And of course, to the listeners who have supported us so much since we launched the Patreon, but also even before that. like We would have never even gotten to this point where we would want to launch a Patreon or we would feel this passionately about doing this show. It started out as like a time management tactic where we could like, <laughs> just sit down for 90 minutes and not have to talk about all this stuff for hours and hours and hours the rest of the week we could talk about other things that weren't making us so upset like major league baseball and so for it to have grown and morphed into this weird and wonderful thing with all of you people supporting us so much um it's it's more than we could have ever imagined speaking of the patreon alex a quick and sincere thank you to all of the new patrons who have signed up this week on our five-year anniversary. Great timing from all of you. Uh, thanks to Michael, Joey, Danielle, CJ, and Dara. And thank you, of course, to the five members that we shout out at the end of every episode for being members of our Alex Rodriguez VIP club tier. Those members this week are Chris, Dante, Patrick, Shakia, Logan, and Alex. Once again, another Alex. You and the Alex Hive. Yeah, the brand keep, is strong. Keeping the brand strong, keeping the support going. Before we leave you, just a programming note. Um, We're recording this a few days in advance of when it's going to come out. Next week's episode is also pre-recorded. I am going to be not in this country, which uh, makes it a little harder to uh, to do some some baseball potting. You're flying to the Maldives with Alex Rodriguez? 
Yeah, exactly. Going to the Cayman Islands to check out his his tax haven portfolio. <laughs> He's teaching you how to set up one for us. <laughs> yes, exactly. Damn, that's good. We need that. So I hope none of you expect any instant reactions to the trade deadline because uh, it's not going to be here. You can peep the Twitter feed at tipping underscore pitches. If there's something huge that happens, it's time for me to monopod. Yep. As the breakup we've, starts. We've joked about it for years, but this <laughs> might be it. Oh, I could be me and you? You could do that too. Okay, cool. I'll work on my Alex. It's pretty honed already, to be honest. Yeah, I think it really... I mean, there was very little difference to begin with anyway. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening now and in the past and hopefully in the future. We appreciate it so, so much. We'll talk to you next week. Oh, well, in five years' time, we could be walking around a zoo with the sun shining down over me and you. And Hello, everybody. Uh, I'm Alex Rodriguez. Tipping pitches. Tipping pitches. This is the one that I love the most. Tipping So we'll see you next week. See ya! But before we do that, I am Bobby Wagner. I am Alex Baisley. You are listening to the fifth anniversary of Tipping Pitches. Yeah. Yeah. And the crowd goes wild. Woo!